All right, I have this question here from Samuel. And Samuel is saying, I got into a partnership this year around July, August. I wasn't sure of it. And that's because I wasn't seeing what my partner proposed. I got into the partnership because I was under so much pressure from my partner. We had a couple of fights because I initially rejected the offer. As a result, as a result I finally took the offer. But ever since... I have been questioning my decision as it relates to the goal I set for myself before the partnership. I have tried pulling out of the partnership and it resulted in serious issues that threatened my personal relationship with my partner outside of business. My issue is I'm still in the partnership and um, I'm not sure about it at this point and I don't want to go any further with it. I'm just trying to figure out how I can quit the partnership without any form of grudge, even though we haven't signed any written agreement. All right, so thanks for this question, Samuel. And, um, well, I'll be very honest with you, partnership in my own journey um, in business has been my biggest challenge. Partnership has, my, has been my biggest challenge. I think it, it's for me it was the it was the hardest hump to overcome. Um, and that's because I I always thought I needed somebody to go this business journey with. I always thought I needed someone with me. To go on this business journey, um, and so I've I've had like three business partners um, throughout my almost twenty years of doing business, and um, I would say for me that's like my kryptonite, that need to have a partner. And it, it has taken about two decades to finally come to a place of rest. Um, so I understand where you're coming from. And I understand how you feel. But partnership is something that a lot of people um, do not think very seriously about before entering it. And then they make um, grave mistakes. Um, wrong alliances and destroy important relationships um, so I'll try to take my time to, to let you know about partnership and how you can maneuver this situation that you found yourself now a lot of partnerships do not work um, because of I would say there are two main reasons two main underlying reasons now there might be some reasons on the top that people might say why their partnerships did not work but a lot of times if you dig deeper it's not more than these two reasons um those are the root problems and but from reading your question i can see those two reasons i can see one of those two reasons there um and i i think that's what happened with my own partnership sometime um so i would I would try to advise you on 
how to manage relationships because not every relationship um, hack should 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 lead into a partnership just because some things converge just because some some interest overlap doesn't mean the person has to be your business partner um, so I'll tell you the two reasons why businesses uh, why partnerships do not work the two real fundamental reasons why partner a lot of partnerships um, get dissolved eventually um, like this one with your friend I don't see it going very far you see what you're trying to evade um, would finally happen it might just take some time but the more time it takes the um, the worse the crash would be but then let's go into the reasons why I find uh, why why partnerships do not work um, number one reason is and lot, both these reasons have to do with a mismatch. The first mismatch that happens in partnership is when an um, opportunistic person meets an insecure person. Someone who is an opportunist meets someone who is highly insecure. And what I mean is, um, there is someone who you see. In every single one of us, there is this element of being opportunistic. That's the truth. Most of us have it. It's that self-seeking um, character that most of us, if not all of us, have to varying degrees. Some to more degrees than others. So I'll give the, an example of how an opportunistic person can go into partnership with an insecure person. And it doesn't work out. Um, so I'll give the instance of someone working a job now when people when someone works a job they uh, um, they realize that okay i have this job it's paying me um, i have this money but then i realized one day i'm going to have to retire this job and i need something by the side just in case this job doesn't work i need something by the side that i can fall on if i get fired from my job I need to have a side business. A lot of people are like this. No matter how good their job is, they're always looking for a side business. And because their job doesn't allow them to really focus on a side business, what they look for is a business that they won't be as involved in, where they can just put in some money and get someone else to work. So you see someone working in real good company, real good parastatal, getting good salary but then you know there's this insecurity about paid employment that most of us have that is not going to last forever and it's not going to last forever and there's this insecurity that it could end anytime and will end at the worst time so a lot of people have this insecurity and then they think okay i need something by the side and then they start scouting for somebody who has a skill a talent um, that they feel can sell but then they see this person and they're like this person mm, well, this person is kind of insecure about what they have. They're insecure about, about launching out. They're insecure about not having enough money to start a business. So what I'm going to do is come into this, meet, meet this person, give them money to start, and get them to start working. You understand? So that person sees an opportunity to get someone to work for them as a side business. And then they approach this person and say, look, do you want to partner on so-so-and-so business based on that person's skill? And that person's interest. So they might see the person as skillful as a photographer. And they're like, let's start a business together. Mm -hmm. You're a skillful photographer. I have money. I'll give you money. You know, 
um, you can rent a space and start a studio. I need to go to my job, my nine to five every single day or from, uh, from Monday to Friday. You just work the studio. If you need money, call me. Now, a lot of people will call that a partnership, but it is not. And I'll tell you what it is later on. Um, and then they give the person money and the person starts working. And once the person starts working, what they do is check in from time to time. Maybe not. But once there's a problem, the person can call them. But then they want this thing to keep going, they keep sharing profit and stuff like that. Now, because the photographer is highly insecure about the fact that he doesn't have a physical studio, so he goes around from place to place, it's like, oh man, he, he has always been insecure. He knows how to take good photographs, but then he's insecure about not having an umbrella, he's insecure about not having a studio, he's insecure about not having props and stuff. He sees this person come and this person, he sees this opportunistic person come his way and this person is offering to cover his long-standing insecurity. He jumps on the offer. But what happens with this is why it fails is because the, 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 after a while, the, the insecure person realizes that he's not a partner. He's just employee number one. After a while, you always realize that you are doing more work than the other person. And then you realize that you are employee number one. You are just working for this person. It's not a partnership. It's not a partnership. And, you know, when, 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 when people get into stuff that they realize is not what they thought it was in the beginning, there's a kind of resentment that comes in. And this is why a lot of these partnerships fail. Because, you know what, that, that, that insecure person, after a while of using the resources of this person that I would tag as opportunistic, um, they begin to build some confidence. Because they are good at it in the first place. So when they have the props, they have the space, they have the dish, people start telling them how good they are. And then, you know, they can realize, oh, I've been working for this person all the while. And we are sharing profit. But this person is off doing their own thing. And I'm here grinding at this business every single day of the week. Why am I doing this? I might as well enjoy all this profit alone. And that's where the clash starts. You understand? Opportunistic person meeting an insecure person, it happens more often than we think. Sometimes the opportunistic person might not even be someone with in, in good employment. It's just someone that just cites another person with a talent and just says that this person doesn't really know what they have. So I will jump in there and get to manage this person. So they just come and they say, okay, I will be the manager or I will be the marketer. You just keep working. So I will go out and go and market and tell people about you and bring people your way. You understand? Now, marketing is a job, you understand, it's a job that everybody needs. Management is a job that everybody needs. But then, you know, it's not a good foundation to start a business that one person is the skill, is the like the talent that produces the work. The other person is the marketer that goes out to meet clients. I don't think so. It hardly ever works. Because the person with the skill in the long run always feels like they are doing more work. It always feels. Now, whether that's justified or not, I don't know. But it always kicks in that mm, all this person is doing is just going out to meet people. I know after a while, and that's, this thing comes up after a while, where, where you just feel like after a while, the person that that um, is the skill does the, the um, grunt work of 
producing whatever it is. So the person is the one that does the baking. The person is the one that does the design. The person is the one that does the photography. You know, the person is the one that does the singing. They always, after a while, are able to network with people themselves. You understand? So they don't feel any need for this person that calls themselves the manager or the marketer anymore. You understand? They just see the person as feeding of them, as being an opportunist. So that's why that, that in itself doesn't really work, that, that marriage of an opportunist meeting an insecure person. Because in the end, the insecure person builds some confidence. And a lot of times it's false confidence. Because when the opportunistic person goes, the person sinks back to this place of a lack of confidence after a while. The confidence will deflate. You understand? So it's, it's, but it's, it's, it's a very unhealthy mix opportunistic person meeting an insecure person. Now, the second reason or the second scenario is when two insecure people meet. And a lot of people build, build partnerships like this where you are two insecure people, two people with low self-esteem, but then you, you have a great amount of skill. Um, and, and, you know, this happens within people, especially people that are, that are, that are nerdy, you understand? It happens in the tech industry a lot. People that are nerdy, you understand? So they are good at something, but then they've never been given enough attention at home, enough attention at school. They were not among the cool kids. And then they meet each other and they're like, man, we've, we've, we've been denied a lot of attention and we've been rejected. We've been recluses. And then they come together and say, you know what? Let's prove a point to the world. That happened so much where you have people come together, low self-esteem, and come together to, on a revenge mission to get back what they've lost over time. So both of them... But the thing about alliances like this, they start out very strong because a lot of strong emotions to prove a point. You understand? So they get them and they say, Let, let's just prove a point to the world that, we, that together we are good. We can prove a point to everyone. Um, so it happens a lot. You understand? So two insecure people get together... They've never had the security or the esteem to go it alone. Um, but when they see someone else that has the same insecurity and feels like, oh, you've been rejected, nobody has ever believed in you, they kind of feed off each other's um, um, insecurity or each other's resentment of being rejected for so long. And they have what I would say is a false sense of security and a false sense of mission to prove a point and they go into this business they work very hard to prove a point um, that they should be accepted and for a while they begin to build a good business a successful business but the problem with this business is a lot is that there's a high tendency that this business will be there will be a lot of toxicity in this business um, because it's founded on insecurity it's founded on insecurity. So they're all going to try to take it out on their staff, on their clients. And you see, they can be very rude, very snappy and stuff like that. But you know what really affects the partnership in the long run is the fact that when they have built, when they both built this sense of security, as in we are accepted, we have proven that we are um, needed, then the competition starts between the both of them. Because now you've proved the point to everybody, but now there needs to be an alpha figure. And someone says, you know what, I want to be more accepted than you are. Because there's still that insecurity. 
So you see both of them saying, uh, this person is always the one talking at interviews. He's always his photo they are using. He's always the one that wants to know. Because then when you've, when you've had victory over everybody, then you turn against each other. And that was, that's what happens in those kind of partnership relationships where they begin to now compete with each other and now start saying, mm, look, he bought a car, I have to buy a car. He bought a house, I have to buy a bigger house. He has to you know that kind of thing um, because they are, they are both insecure from the start. You understand? They wanted to prove a point to the world. And when they prove a point to the world, then they turn on each other and try to prove a point to each other. So that's two insecure people coming together. Now, what the optimal form of partnership is a partnership where two confident people that can stand alone come together you see what makes partnership really work at the very core is when both of you don't really need each other it's it's very funny it's very strange that that's what makes it work when both of you really don't need each other and when both of you feel a freedom to express yourselves without having to offend the other person so what i mean is see a lot of partnerships there's always a dependent at least one dependent or both of them are dependent on each other no where there's a dependency partnerships will break that's the funny thing about partnership where there's a dependency i can't do it without this person partnerships in business will break you need two people that feel, I can do this, and the other person feels they can do, do what they are doing, and they come together to make something better, not to prove a point. And when each person can go out and still work on what they can do without having to explain to the other person that I want to work on what I can do. Because the truth is, within business partnerships, people still want to operate as individuals. But the problem is a lot of business partnerships is one or more parties that wants you guys to always operate and explain every single thing, every action you are doing at every single time. And when people don't feel like individuals, they don't feel like they have a sense of self anymore, they rebel against such systems. So if you have one person who is a, um, an illustrator and the other person who is a writer and they come together to start a, um, um, a comic, where one person writes the story, the person illustrates. That's good. But the illustrator must feel confident with his illustration. The writer must feel confident with their writing. And at the end of the day, the illustrator, the illustrator should be able to do illustration work without the partner, you know, without the writer coming in. Just say, I just want to do this illustration work with a bunch of my illustrator friends and do an illustration exhibition on my own. And the writer must be able to write and say, I want to just write a blog post and write a book without illustration on my own. You can see that those kind of partnerships, each person feels their individual strength comes to the fore and they feel like there's a sense of freedom. And because they can go away and do individual things, when they come together, they appreciate each other. But when you feel like you're tethered to your partner, where you guys are tied at the hip, it's always a big problem because everybody wants a sense of individualism. They don't want a sense of total dependence on one person. So one person always seems too needy. It seems like if he's being too needy and the other person seems like if he just wants some escape and needs some air. And that's why bad partnerships break. That's a fundamental reason. So when you have an opportunistic person and a, a, um, an insecure person, one person is too needy of someone to fall back on 
in terms of using someone to make extra money and the other person is too needy of that person's resources, that partnership will break. When you have two insecure persons, they are both needy of attention, of validation, those things, the partnership will break eventually. You need two complete people to start a partnership. Um, so with you and your friend, I really don't know um, why your friend wants you to, to be a part of this company. But obviously, if it's causing fiction that you, you initially rejected, that means he needs you too much. That means already tells you that somebody there is too needy. The fact that you cannot re refuse the offer without it causing a threat to your personal relationship, there's already starting, it's already starting on a foundation of um, neediness. And that is just going to fester and get worse. Um, so you won't think about that. But then I will tell you um, how you can manage relationships without turning everything to a partnership. Now, you see, what people do a lot is they don't understand that there are a lot of other containers before you call someone that other that people can fit into before you you feel a need to put them into the container of the my business partner. There are so many other containers, or there are there are, there are three or four other containers that you can that you want to think about. So and, and and the first container is the container of an investor. You understand an investor. So you have people that have money, they have resources. That, that you need as a business, that they can offer you their resources to help you, to help you start out on your journey or to help you better present yourself as a business. And they are willing to give you this thing. It might be money itself, it might be a space, it might be equipment, but they are willing to give you this thing. Those people, a lot of times, are investors. What they want and what a lot of opportunistic people, if you are opportunistic, we are opportunistic to a point, all of us have some kind of you know, opportunistic character in us. But you, what you are looking for is not a business partner. You are looking for business to, businesses to invest in. So, if you know you have money and you need to um, a side income, what you need to do is look for a business to invest in. So, um, what an investment means is you give someone money and then they share profit with you after a while. But then that person doesn't need to be your business partner. Because the problem is investors do not need to show up every single day at work. You understand? The investors are about the bottom line. And so if you present yourself as a business partner, the person just sees that, oh, I'm always the one showing up. The person doesn't show up. They travel. They are, they are on weekends. They are at home with their kids. And I come to work. Because you've defined it as a business partnership. You understand? A collaborative partnership of um, two people working on a business. No, but it isn't. What it is, is an investment. You are an investor. So you must not confuse yourself for a business partner. You understand? You are not, you are not a co-founder. You understand? So a lot of people turn their investors into co-founders. And when the investor doesn't show up at work as regularly as you do, doesn't do as much work, the other person, the other co-founder in code feels cheated. So investors put in money, want profit. They want to share profit, so they want to get their money back, you understand, with some profit on top. So you must recognize this person an investor or a co-founder. He's not a co-founder. A lot, a lot of times, they're not co-founders, they're investors. Once you understand they're investors, you won't expect too much of them 
to be showing up and to be grinding at the work with you. They've already done what they need to do. Give you the space, give you the money, give you the resources. Um, the second people you want to look out for before you start calling someone a partner or a co-founder, I think co-founder is what a lot of people kind of, um, because everything is kind of partnership in the end. But then let's let us call this, this two people starting a business, co-founding. Um, so you want to look for a co-founder. Um, this person might be a sponsor. So you must look at some people as sponsors. They are not co-founders. And what a sponsor means, some sponsor also helps you with resources just like a, an investor. The only difference with a sponsor is a sponsor might not want, or a lot of times, sponsor, the sponsor doesn't want profit back. They don't want to share profit with you. But then the sponsor wants some level of um, visibility, um, some level of... Um, um, you must mention that they have an input in this, your business. So they want visibility. You understand? Whether it's visual visibility or audio visibility, they want some visibility. So a lot of people, when they have people sponsor and, you, and um, by, by giving them some resources and they don't mention them, the sponsor feels offended. They're like, we help this person. They help this person with their podcast and they can't even think to even mention that we help them with their podcast. That's what the sponsor wants. Just say, oh, this thing was brought to you by so-so and so person. Um, they helped us with this. They provided this. Sponsors want to be mentioned. They want some form of recognition. They don't want to share profit with you, but they want you to mention them. Once in a while, if they have t-shirt, wear their t-shirt on your, on your YouTube video. You understand? Have a banner for, um, of their company in your office. You understand that kind of thing? Or their business in your office. They have other businesses. Have something. Mention them. You understand? Um, that's what sponsors want. But when, when, when you are a founder and you have someone sponsor you and you keep mom, the sponsor kind of feels like you do not appreciate them and you are ungrateful. So they see you as an ingrate. So you, and that's how people model up that sponsor relationship. When someone gives you, when someone is a sponsor, you must ask them, what do you want? How can you show your appreciation? Be comfortable enough to ask them, how can you show your appreciation? Would you like us to mention you? Would you have, do you have stuff you want us to put as props in our offices? Do you understand that kind of thing? A lot of times, sponsors want some form of appreciation, some form of mention, some form of visibility. So you don't have to make them co-founders. You understand? They don't want to be co-founders. They just want to feel like you appreciate the work or what they've done for you. The third um, category of people, and, I, and I'll say this is the last category I'm going to talk about, are supporters. Supporters. And um, this is where friends and family come in. These people, they just have your back. They have your back. Um, anything you want, they're there. You understand? They market your business. They talk about you. Um, they patronize you. Um, you know, they, they seem like fans. You understand? They seem like fans. They're friends and family. This is where a lot of people get this modeled up because they now say, oh, this person is a fan. He's always giving me good advice. You know what? Let's make them co-founder. Let's, let's go into this thing together. No, they are not looking for that. The thing is they just love you as a person. They don't want you to fail. So they are, they are supporters. They can support you with money. They can support you with marketing. They can support you with you know, encouragement and advice. They can support you when you need, when you need manpower. They will show up. The wrongest thing you can do is offer them, okay, you know what, let's, let's, let's go into partnership together. No, leave them as supporters. You understand? And the reward 
Esther Potter um, wants is for you to do well. Do you understand? So with these people, you must put in. You must not. You must not. Um, you must put in the hard work to let them know you appreciate their support, and um, um, you know, do well at what you're doing. You understand? Make an effort to do well. Show up every single day. Um, be happy. You understand? That's what the supporters want. They want you to do well. They want you to be happy. They want you to see, feel a sense of fulfillment. And you must keep them up to date with how much, um, how well you are doing and how happy and fulfilled you are at what you are doing. But you know, turning, turning a supporter into um, a, a, a co-founder, a business partner is the is wrong step because then you frustrate that relationship. You frustrate, you frustrate the relationship because a lot of times some of your supporters, they don't even know much about your business. What they really care about is you. When you put them in that business, you'll be frustrated about their lack of um, skill or lack of knowledge in their business. Then you kind of feel like if mm, they make mistakes, they do this, they didn't do this well, they were not made to do that. The biggest attraction was you in the first place. So you must be able to identify who is a supporter, who is a sponsor, and who is an investor. You understand? And then... On, Identify who is a co-founder, that person who is confident doing what they are doing. They can do it without you. They don't. They are not needy people. Those are the people that you want to co-found with. You understand? Those people that can also allow you to go and do your thing, and then you guys come together again to this entity that you are both working on, both confident, um, both feeling like there is a sense of individuality that you feel, but then. That's how to choose your partner. That's the, that's the way you can make partnerships work in the end.